And so we thought we would do something a little bit different uh, today. Grab a mic. There we go. <laughs> uh, so do something a little bit different as we enter into today's uh, topic and just throughout the series. Uh, you know, quite often we're used to listening to a sort of a 35-minute message from one person, but today we thought we would take it slightly differently and actually we would share values from our marriage and from relationships that we've observed as well. So uh, if this is your first Sunday in February, you know, we just want to uh, let you know what's happening. So we're doing a series on relationships, and the idea really is to help strengthen all relationships, but also our heart is to strengthen marriages as well. Uh, we know marriages are, are extremely difficult and challenging, and they have seasons that are like that, but also they are great joy and fun at the same time. And as a church, we want to equip people in those areas as well. And so we pray that it's a, a little bit of fun as well today. Is that right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully we're still friends at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> that is the goal from us. We pray also you get something out of it as well. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, though? Great. We have a few pictures up on the screen. We thought we'd start off with, I don't know. Some Christian memes. Some Christian memes. Who likes a good Christian meme? Anyone? Yeah, why don't we throw that first picture up? Uh, wow. Christian relationships. First day, second day. Hey. <laughs> How many know that's was true? That, was that real for anyone in was here? Is that real, anyone? Yeah, I see that. Hey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Mr. Cole to defend himself? Hey, let's go to the next one. There we go. I love this one. So I guess you can say things are getting on pretty serious. David, <laughs> anybody drove anyone's church today? Hey, you're in that dating you want, stage. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. I'm waiting for you. No, no. <laughs> next one, next one. Oh, that's it, going. that's it. Very good. Is that all? Oh, yeah. I was loving that. So, so anyway. <laughs> you know, naturally, we are married, so that is going to be our main paradigm. But we hope that whatever relationship you're in, whether it's you've got friendships, whether it is a, uh, a married relationship uh, that you're in as well, we pray that what we have to say is actually applicable for all things. And so, yeah, we encourage you to take notes throughout as well. So, yeah. It's a little bit about us. So we've been together for 10 years, married almost eight years this year, which is pretty exciting. Hey, eight years. Wow. Seems really long. That's a child, isn't it? A cool child. We say that we don't know everything about marriage. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is where we are. We don't know everything about marriage, but just a little bit of background history from my family. So I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents were married for 20 years, but they got a divorce when I was about 16, um, and that really challenged me and derailed me a lot as a teenager, so a lot of us being married and maybe issues, so to say, have come through from that um, relationship being dysfunctional in that way, but a lot of good stuff has come from it as well. God is so good and healing and making me whole and coming into our marriage, knowing what values we want to achieve for our marriage. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, I've have witnessed uh, my mum and dad who are still married, um, and this year, I don't know how many years they're celebrating, but I know it's about 35 plus. It's 40 years this year. Oh, that's pretty major. Okay, I should really I know that. that. Yeah. We're ce they're celebrating 40 years this year. So... It's not a detail <laughs> person. That's okay. I really am not a detail person. 
I just knew it was a significant one, so maybe it was 35, I didn't know. We're, we're, we're off to a great start, aren't we? But you know what, I, I, you know, I celebrate that, I honor that, and I know that that is an absolute privilege and an honor to witness that. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what we talk about comes out of those years of what I've been witnessing over the years as well. But, you know, a good question, Sham, that we came up with was, vulnerability is good, we want to get you on side really quick. So let's start off with a quick question. What is one of the things that ticks you off that I do, Sham? Just a little icebreaker for tomorrow. I don't know what she's going to say, by the way. <laughs> Jokes. Um. <laughs> What's one of the things... How long have we got? How about how we, we haven't planned this by the way, so I don't know what he's gonna say. How about how about you tell me what you think and I'll tell you what I think. So so what do you think I'm gonna say that ticks me you tick me off about? What do you think I'm gonna say? Not about We're me. playing it like this, are we? I thought this is what we had come on, come on, come on. I think you I think it ticks you off when I when I play drums on the steering wheel. Yes. <laughs> you know, anyone like into this sort of stuff all the time? I'm a drummer. Anyway, anyway yeah, yeah. But it's actually when he drinks, I don't know why when he gulps my water bottle, it's just always so annoying. Is that the worst thing you can think of telling? <laughs> I drink your water bottle. That's the worst thing. It's my water bottle. I fill it up. I know how much I'm drinking. You drink it and you gulp it down. I'm like... Anyway, what about? That's, anyway, that's, anyway, what, what do you That's what you think? wanted to tell the church. I drink your water bottle. <laughs> We're all having a little bit of fun, aren't we? So I'm just... Ex- okay, all right. <laughs> okay. I, I accept that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, come on, come on. What about me? What ticks you off? No, what, what ticks me off about you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, again, you need to say it first. Uh, I always fall asleep at <laughs> in the evenings. I don't know. That's exactly it. <laughs> Her sister is the same, her dad is the same, her brother is the same. It's an anointing, you know, it's the not anointing, so. I'm not joking. (laughs) 8.30 comes, like, when we get to spend time together, the movie goes on, she's asleep. (laughs) Oh, let's play a game, honey. She's asleep. (sighs) Sham, I cooked, you didn't do the washing up. She's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) You know, we really do love each other a lot. Well, why don't you tell uh, the wonderful folks here, you know, we, surprise is a good thing in a relationship. Very good. Yeah. When was the last time I surprised you? Or when, what was the best surprise recently from me? Well, I think I was um, complaining. I was saying, we never go out on a date. Wait, let me reverse. I don't say never. I said, we don't often go out on a date. Anyway, he's like, well, it's your lucky day. I've got a babysitter tonight, and we're going out. And I looked at him. I said, really? He's like, yeah, go get ready. And he a lot of disbelief. Yeah, but it was so casual, you know. It was like, I was like, really? I even texted the babysitter. Are you coming to babysit my kids tonight? And they're like, yeah, I'm coming over. I was like, oh, you're taking me out. Oh, this is so lovely. So that was a great surprise just recently that happened. Yeah, well done, Yeah, Huck. Yeah. yeah, well done. I wasn't looking for that. But, you know, you know, I think first and foremost, you know, at the beginning, I think surprise in any relationship, good surprise, I should probably preface it saying. <laughs> having an element of surprise in relationship is actually a really healthy thing. Um, you know, just men coming home with flowers on occasions, just, you know, surprise, you didn't do anything, you didn't, you know, 
I just want to surprise you. I think, I think that is a, I think it's a, a great thing. I think um, we kind of live in a society that treats that which is familiar to us with disrespect. And we, uh, Pastor Peter used this phrase last week. He says, familiarity breeds contempt. And es- essentially, I think the, the things closest to us often we become familiar really quickly with. And we don't value the same. I know, you know, I probably bought you way more gifts when we were dating than now. And, uh, and, and that's just the nature of relationships, isn't it? You know, you can't always have the same intensity. But at the same time, it's good to ask yourself the question, when was the last time I surprised my wife with something? Or even in your good mates with someone, you surprise them with something. I don't know. But I think uh, we just need to uh, be careful not to become over-familiar with the important people in our lives. And I think surprise is so good. And I think surprise also just in life, in relationships. I think sometimes we have an opportunity to surprise people in our worlds by being Christ-like. You know, an example meaning Christ-like in in what's in front of you. So just recently I made it a goal. Every time I walk my kids to school, I'm just going to smile at everybody that I see. Even though, you know, it's like five-day no-wash top bun. With my kids, I'm going to smile because I don't know who I'm going to encounter or what kind of day that they've had or that relationship that will spark. And actually what came of that is just two weeks ago, this lady that I always smile at every day, she stopped me and she said, I just want to stop. My name is Liz. I was like, oh, hello, I'm Chantel. So lovely to meet you. She's like, you smile at me every day. I was like, I know. And she said, there's something different about you. And I just thought, wow, that is a step into a relationship that I can start to, you know, encourage or something. So every day now I say, hi, Liz, how are you? You know, that's just one step being surprising to people in our worlds. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think as Christians, we need to think intentionally how we can live in a surprising way with kindness, with smiles, with blessing people. Hey, I was at the coffee shop, I shouted you a coffee. I think, I think that's such a great way to naturally evangelize every day. You know, bring a smile into the workplace. I think that changes atmospheres. And I think we can do that just by acting surprising. You know, we also want to share um, a bunch of values with you of what are important to us in our relationship. Um, values are really important because... Uh, they help you reach the, your intended goal. And so, uh, in, in a sense, in our marriage, our vision is a great, strong, and lasting marriage. Who thinks that's a, that's, a, that's a good vision, right? Great, lasting, and strong marriage. And so, but in order to see that happen, we've had to build some values in place in order to reach that goal. And so, we've, over the years, we've listened to people like Pastor Bruce. Uh, he, he has four values that they, him and Helen have. And so we, we've taken some of those, some of, some of them we've evolved, and also just we've made up our own from our own sort of history as well. And so we want to share those with you. We hope they're really helpful. But essentially, values really help us to help define how we should live, help the relationship function within a set of parameters. And so you kind of understand when I'm not doing something, it's really clear. It's really clear because, well, we have these values, Mark. You're n- this is how you're acting. They don't really line up. So they help create boundaries. So number one, Shan. Yeah, so one of our first values that we put highly is we like to have fun together. 
Because how many know sometimes life is mundane, especially when you have kids, you know, five o'clock dinner, bath, bed, you know. We like to create and be intentional about having fun together, not just as a married couple, but as a family. So one example of that is on Friday nights, we do this thing called Friday Fun Night. You got the idea from the Venskis. From the Venskis. So they would always have waffles on Friday, and I was like... Let's do that. Let's have something greasy and naughty for dinner. And let's watch a movie together as a family. And, and I really um, am admire, you know, uh, the Coles, you know, they always play board games. I love that. I can't wait until I can play board games with my kids. I want them to grow up knowing that, okay, we value having fun together. Yeah. Yeah, spending time together. And we also value in, in our marriage to actually cut away time to have fun together, time away that we're, our lives are not about the kids, just about the kids. Yeah, we're in the season of kids, but every anniversary that comes around, we will take two nights away and we will say to the grandparents, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see you in three days. Um, just because the, when the kids fly the nest, we don't want an empty marriage and an empty nest. And so we've, we've determined in our hearts, no, actually, we're going to continue to invest into us along the way as well. Um, otherwise, life just gets all-consuming. And even sometimes in seasons where finance is always different, not always there, you know, one thing that we love to do is, is be creative. So we love playing board games, actually. <laughs> Anybody a board game fan? So quite often in the evenings, if I'm not asleep on the couch, <laughs> we play things like Monopoly Deal. You know, I, I think that that's really fun. We get our competitive streak out, um, <laughs> which is good. You know, we like to enjoy holidays as a family, but also we like to have fun with our friends, you know, going out with our, our girlfriends or guy friends, because how many know men and women are so different, aren't they? So it's investing into those relationships, investing into my sister-in-law or my best mate. I think that's so important that we're not always so serious, but we have a lot of laughter, because how many know that laughter is medicine for the soul? So it's so important. We've got to have fun together. Life is too serious. Life is too short. We need to invest into that, don't we? Yeah. yeah. How about our, our next one? Yeah, our second value is we want to walk in agreement. We want to walk in agreement. How about you just read Psalm 133? Yeah, it just says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Yeah, and then it goes on in verse 3. It says, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Um, you know, one thing that we've discovered in relationships, in, plant, in leading churches, leading teams for a long time, leading the youth ministry, was when there was no unity, it was really difficult to get things done. It says a, a scripture in Mark 3.25, and if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And, you know, for, I realized leading a youth ministry, when the team weren't together, it was so difficult to get things done. It was like everyone was there. People said yes, nodded their heads. But there was gossip. There was backbiting. There was all this stuff in the background. It was like, what's going on? And, and what it was, was there was no agreement. There was no unity. It was like there was division under the surface. And so in our relationship, we just decided we are going to pursue unity. We're going to pursue agreement. And then where there is the pursuit of that, and when we find unity, God's blessing is. Who, who, who here wants God's blessing in your yeah, relationship? Yeah. Do you know that is found through unity? Yeah. 
And so one thing that we don't do about each other is we don't gossip about each other. And we don't gossip about people to each other because we don't want to foster a place of disagreement or disunity. And so that's, that's, that's uh, sort of how we walk in agreement. Yeah, and just some other examples of how we walk in agreement is we have a joint bank account. So we, we know the finances coming in and the finances going out. There's no hidden secrets when it comes to our finances. Every year, you know, when impact offering comes around, um, we pray together and we decide together and we're in this in agreement. Okay, can we commit to this for a year? Yeah, we can commit to it together. I think that's something that we've always been really strong in. Yeah, um, and, you know, when it when, when we, you know, having kids was a bit of a, a journey in terms of, you know, when should we do it? I think I was probably about 18 months ahead of you on that, but yeah, you said, yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. And so I said, okay, that's all right. And so even in, you know, the bigger decisions in life, we, 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 we pursue the unity of decisions as well, right down, as you said, to impact offering every year. We, we pray and go, God, what is it this year? Yeah. Uh, big decisions like in, um, having kids, obviously life-changing decisions like having kids. But also down to the day-to-day -day is parenting decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so often um, kids can find sort of maybe like the weakest link. Or like sometimes dad, dad can be really strict around this, but I can get around mum there. Or, and it goes vice versa on different things. You know, oh, dad's going to let me have the snack at four o'clock. But, you know, and, but actually we choose to agree together on things. And so it, sometimes we have pretty tough conversations around that. Yeah, we don't choose to... You know, one, one story um, that I just want to share with you is so I applied for my visa last year uh, to stay here and be indefinitely to remain. Anyway, I had made a bit of a mistake on the paperwork and it got denied. Um, and we had invested thousands of dollars into me getting this visa. And over a silly mistake, you know, I felt really torn up about it because it was my fault. And one of the most powerful things that in our marriage, you know, Mark didn't turn around saying, this is all your fault. We should have done this. We should have done that. No, he said, Sham, this isn't your fault. This is our fault. We're in this, in, in an agreement. We decided to do this together. And it just helped me not have that burden, that weight on my shoulders so much. But we were in it together. Hey, okay, um, you know, I made a mistake, but we're going to move forward from this. But that's the beauty of marriage, isn't it? It's we carry each other in hard times, in good times, um, and we walk together in unity through that. Yeah. And this has been an interesting value for me to outwork because in my house growing up, I never experienced parents exchanging heated words or having arguments. Um, I'd never experienced that. My mom and dad I'm guessing had arguments, but probably did it behind closed doors. And so I'd actually never known what it was like to argue or to talk and discuss things through. And so one of the challenges was you had to say to me, Mark, we need to talk about this. Uh, we need to find agreement here. And so that was a challenge in and of itself. But um, that's one of our things that, that um, we, we try to do. You know, one, one thought here is we're not competing with each other but we're actually choosing to complete each other. Uh, we're not trying to compete against each other in our marriage with the kids, like who could do a better job or anything like that. No, 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 it's we're actually looking to complete each other. Therefore, we're a team, aren't we? So we're a team. And it's important in our relationships to be, be a team with others, isn't it? 
Yeah, so one of our next values moving along is we embrace the awkward. How many people love the awkward conversations? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, take that. Who yeah. had an awkward conversation this week they, they didn't want, yeah. but they had? Awkward. A couple of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that hand still. <laughs> you know, we've just chosen we're not going to sweep things under the carpet. Who knows lumpy carpets trip people up? Lumpy things in relationships are going to trip the relationship up. But all too often, we accept, we accept things in relationships that we should never accept. And actually, what we need to do is we sometimes, if people are close enough to us, we actually need to embrace awkwardness. And over the years, we've embraced much awkwardness. You know, now we've been seven, seven and a half years we've been married. There's been lots of awkward conversations along the way. I mean, one of our things that we say is there's no secrets. There's no secrets. I remember talking with one, one guy who was dating this girl for two years, and I said to him that we have no secrets, and he just looked at me and says, I can't, I don't know how you can't have any secrets. You know, if, if, if my girlfriend knew all the things that were going on in my life, she wouldn't have me. I said, I, said, I mean, what a dangerous way to live. That sounds like a lumpy relationship. It's ready to trip up. And, you know, and we, t- we just decided we don't want any trip hazards in our relationship. And so we embrace awkward conversations. And this is actually extremely hard for me, can I be honest? You know, I'm, I'm a peacemaker. That's one of my biggest gifts. So having awkward conversations was really, really difficult. In fact, in the earlier years of our marriage, I was, is anyone a, one of those people who are like a bottle up? You know, a bottle up. So... We like would, a champagne bottle. Like a champagne bottle, you know. Mark would do something and it would annoy me and I wouldn't say anything. Um, or a situation would happen. I'd be like, oh, you know, and I just, I, I would feel awkward saying something. And then six months down the line, I'd have this massive explosion. And I'd be like, you did this, 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 this. And I'd be falling Naming apart. dates, <laughs> times. Times. Situations. <laughs> You know, but I was living in turmoil myself, and I really should have just embraced an awkward conversation with you. That's right. And so uh, even stuff, even you would bring up stuff that sometimes went back in the bottle despite us, you know, talking about it and you giving me forgiveness. But one verse that we want to share, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says at at the end, it says, love keeps no records of wrongs. And I said to her, if I've been forgiven of something, you've, you don't have any right to bring that back up. And in sometimes in relationships, we can say we forgive, but that's actually just lip service. But forgiveness actually means we can't use that thing as ammunition anymore. Not that we should be looking to making an arsenal against our spouse, but I'm just saying... For the sake of, if you go into an argument and someone and you release someone of something, you have no right to use that again. You have no right because that's not what forgiveness means. Don't give the forgiveness unless you're ready to give it. That's where you should have the start point. But um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've embraced the awkward conversation, um, and what we realized is we can't correct that which we're not uh, we're not prepared to confront. We can't correct that which we're not prepared to. Confront. We have to understand as well, you know, our 
vision for our marriage is for it to be long-lasting and forever. So sometimes when we're embracing awkward conversations, we're doing it out of love because we want to achieve that vision for our marriage. Does that make sense? That value. So when we embrace this, we're doing this out of love so that we can be better together. We can be stronger together, that we can live um, happy together, can't we? So I think it's really important in our relationships. Sometimes we need to embrace those awkward conversations in order for us to find freedom, for us to be able to live in peace and harmony with one another, to, to, yeah, whatever friendship group you're in, come on, can we embrace those awkward conversations out of love so that people can be better off because of it? And, you know, practically, um, we work this value out. Shen Kinkar has all my passcodes for my phones, tablets, whatever. She, she, and I'm, I'm perfectly happy for her to go on and look through my stuff. I know some couples, you know, they don't do that. But I have no issue with Chantel going on my, on, on my stuff. I know some people, they s- sort of get sweat under the armpits when, or nervous when someone's on their phone. And it's like, well... Well, that, that sounds like a lumpy carpet situation. But we want to be accountable to one another. Because, yeah. again, the vision for our marriage is it for it to be long and lasting. And we don't want to have secrets in that way. Because I think sometimes what the enemy does when we have secrets is he yep. puts it in a place of darkness. And we internally are in turmoil over it. But I think sometimes when we bring it into the light... And we deal with it, we process it together, we're then able to find freedom in it. Do you agree with me? Yeah, so we need to be people who embrace the awkward, but we do it in love, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's the key, we do it in love. Pastor Peter says 90% of leadership is an awkward conversation. (laughs) So if you're a team leader here and you've not had an awkward conversation, let me say, one's coming. (laughs) Because in order for our team to grow and go to the next level... You need to embrace those awkward conversations. Why do you do that the certain way? No, let's do it this way. And so, yeah, that's just who we are. Yep, one of another value that we really hold high is hospitality. We love having people over. We love opening up our lives to others. It's not because we're the pastors. It's because we genuinely love to invest into others and, and bring them into our worlds. I think that's quite high. My my mum was always massive and my dad, you know, bringing people over, having a house full, eating, drinking together. You know, your parents were saying. Um, yeah, my mum and dad, they were church leaders, led a church for a number of years. And so we would have different people come through every single Sunday. And my mum was pretty amazing uh, uh, every single week, like your parents as well. But I love in Matthew eleven nineteen, it says, Jesus came, uh, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Do you know, this is the th- one of the three times it talks about Jesus, the Son of Man, coming to do something. Meaning, one of Jesus' purposes was to come and eat and drink with people. Isn't that funny? How normal was Jesus? How normal was Jesus? But also, how special is it getting around the table with other people? And, you know, hospitality is just such a key thing. I love that every single week, the mats, uh, Ali's at the back there, pulls out on security. I love that they have people over their house for a roast dinner every single Sunday, and they'll post it online. Uh, they're, just, you know, they're just doing exactly what the gospel's all about, which is having people around the table, sharing life together. 
And I love that. It's where those relationships, it's where those conversations, it's where we can encourage people. You know, I love it. Just this week, I had dinner with Jade, and I just absolutely think she's amazing. I just came away from that relationship feeling so encouraged, but that's a relationship that I want to invest into, have hospitality with, because I value and honor, as Pastor Peter was talking about, those people in our world. So it's so important. Let's be a people who embrace, eat and drink and, and have hospitality with one another. Not too much of that. Yeah, no, well, you know, <laughs> I wasn't meaning that. But anyway, a next value that we have is we are kingdom first. Um, you know, one thing that we love and we always say is we love God and we love others, you know. Yeah, Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, we don't go to church because we're the pastors. We go to church because as a family, we live kingdom first. So if you removed our positions from us, we would still take our kids to church every single weekend because that's just what we do. We live kingdom First. And our relationship with God is primary, yeah. primary. It's number one in our world. You know, it's not, even though we're married together, but our relationship with God is is individual. It's personal. And then we are together in that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. And, you know, that outworks. We choose to pray together. In the beginning years, that wasn't always that easy. We had to sort of overcome some obstacles and you know yeah. it felt unusual felt awkward but actually that's one thing that we really value now we pray together because we're kingdom first yeah. and i love it how bruce monkey always says uh, a couple who prays together stays together <laughs> so <laughs> true. which i think that's so powerful there's a sense of intimacy when we pray together actually there's been many a times that we've prayed together and i've heard things from mark's heart come out of his mouth that have really touched me, and I've felt, wow, you really do care about me. Why don't you verbalize that so much all the time? But, you know. I was hoping God would tell you. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Something just comes out of your mouth, and I'm like, wow, that is, it, it's, an, it's, I admire that about you so much more mm. when we pray together. Mm. And we're also in agreement together as well when we're believing on behalf of someone else. We're in agreement about praying together. Uh, for a situation, we're in unity about that, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So we pray together. That's one way we outwork this kingdom first value. But also we do communion together. Communion isn't just a once a month thing that we do as in church. But actually, we actually did it this week. Cause, uh, we, had, we weren't feeling great at, at, uh, at home. And so we decided, no, we're going to place a stake in the ground. We're saying, no, our kingdom relationship with God means that we can have health in God. And so we just started believing for that. And so Jensen likes to call it Bacunian. So no, no, just drop the B, communion, Bacunian. So no, 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 no. You have to hold them back, you know, because they're always trying to grab the, the bread, bread. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. drinking all the juice. But, you know, we just find this so valuable for us doing communion that it's not just, as Mark said, on a Sunday, but... You know, a lot of times I've done it with different relationships, and I believe it helps people get unstuck, that as we put things at the feet of Jesus and we say, it's all about you, we're remembering what you did on the cross, we're believing that through you we can be healed, we can be saved. In fact, it helps people to get unstuck. It makes us feel stronger in him. It's putting him in the center of our lives. So I think it's such a powerful thing to be doing communion, not just on a Sunday, but all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. You know, it, I remember getting a text from my dad um, on our family WhatsApp, and he said, hey, look, some struggles at work. About This was about two months ago. And he said, look, could, we, uh, could you just pray for me? And I think someone then said, hey, how about we all have a WhatsApp video call together? I didn't know how it all works, but the WhatsApp video call, and we did communion over WhatsApp. We had the four videos of four families together because uh, we, just, we just know that it changes things. We came together in agreement and we believe. No, we are saying we're going to see breakthrough in that area. And my mom and dad have always been pretty amazing. Uh, every new year around that period, they would say, hey, come around our house and we would do communion together. And so that's just, I know we've done that probably for about 10 years now. And so just saying this year, we're giving it to God. And so that's been an amazing thing. Another value for Kingdom First for us is we, we love praise and worship. We constantly have praise and worship in our house. Maybe not all the time, but I'm always singing with the kids songs because I want them to understand that when they go to school, I could be brave, I could be bold. Or there's a song by Audacious that says, awesome me, awesome you. You know, I want to instill that standard within my kids that actually That's who it. they are in Jesus through these songs that are so catchy, they can be that person out in the world. Yeah. And so praise and worship, I want to teach them at a young age. I w- a prayer that I pray before they go to bed is, uh, I pray that they may know your presence, Lord. I pray they would know your presence. And I think yeah. we can experience his presence through praise and worship in that way. Yeah, so. Having a house filled with his presence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And really contending for that. You know, there's... There's, there's so much going on in the world, but actually our home is a home of peace. And so that's the kind of things, it's a home of joy. And that's the kind of things that we pray for. And, you know, finally on this kingdom first value um, is that a, a kingdom principle is that Jesus came to serve. You read in Philippians, Apostle Paul describing how Jesus laid down royalty to come and serve people. And then Apostle Paul then highlights in in both Galatians and in Ephesians that therefore we should serve one another. And actually one thing that we love to do in our relationship is simply serve one another. That actually when I serve Sham, I'm never going to miss out because I know she will also serve me. And there's this very contentious and controversial scripture in Ephesians 5 that says, wives, submit to your husbands. And sometimes we can just hear that little bit of scripture and go, ooh. But then it goes on to say, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, which is almost a bigger thing. But actually, what it's saying is, both the husband and the wife are to lay down their lives for the other. And as we do that, we're actually mirrors of what Christ did for the church, what Christ did for the world. He laid his life down for the whole world. So actually, in a marriage relationship, we are actually, as we serve one another for the bettering of the other, we're actually being a picture of what Christ did to the world. We're being a picture of the gospel, which I think is a truly wonderful thing. When the world sees a marriage functioning well, what they should really see is they begin to see Jesus working through us. They begin to see the gospel, the good news in operation of, wow, did you just see how they just served one another? You know, it's not just about my needs. In our Western society, often we go into relationships wanting to get something out of it. So it's almost like uh, a relationship is part of just 
what can you give me to make me better? It's almost like a networking connection. But actually in a relationship, in a godly marriage, it's actually about what can I do for you to make you better? And actually if both parties go into it like that, then you'll never miss out. Does that make, make is that clear? And so when, when Apostle Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands, well, that can only happen if the husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church. Because what we're doing, we're being a picture of what Christ did for the world. And so one of the things and the phrases that we have is how, um, it's quite simply this, when I serve, when we serve one another, we can bring out the best in each other. Yeah. And it's how, you know, that comment of how can you love me as Christ loves the church? You know, how does he love me to bring out the very best in me? You know, I think a great book that I've read before is Love Languages. Has anyone read about that before? You know, by Gary Chapman. I encourage you to read it. And um, one thing I was talking about with a friend is love languages change over seasons. And a good way we can serve each other in marriage or in relationships is loving us so that our love tanks are full so that we are able to overflow um, with all that God has for us in our world, in our family life, in our workplace. If we're feeling loved to the top, then there's no no lack or or anything else to happen. That's it. I know that my, if you've ever done pre-marriage with us, um, I know that my love language is acts of service. Uh, but I, I know if I choose to just only uh, serve Sham through acts, I actually won't be filling the tank within her, her love tank. I actually know she needs quality time and words of affirmation in order for the love tank within her to become full. And so we've learned that over time. She, and, I, and she knows that um, if I'm doing an act of service, you know, actually to, you know, Mark's actually doing something nice for you now, not just to, you know, brush it off, but actually, this he's acting out of his love language right now, but also, maybe I need to do something for him, and that's what you do as well. Yeah, for example, Mark was like, why do you never bake for me? <laughs> jokes, jokes. No, he did, actually. Anyway, <laughs> so, because I want to serve one another, I was like, right, I'll, I can commit to that one small thing. I will make you some sort of... You did a great marble loaf. And I made a marble loaf. Hey, you know, I'm trying to... (laughs) That deserves a round of... I'm telling you, that deserves a round of... And it was good, I think, anyway. It was very good. I loved it. (laughs) Bringing it back, eh? (laughs) Very good. If the team can come, we're going to finish on this point. So those are our values. Um, I really hope you you found it helpful that, you know, let's add some surprise back into our relationships. Uh, But also, if... If you don't have values in your friendships, even if they're personal to you, that this is the way I'm going to treat someone, this is the way I'm going to be, or if you don't have any values in your marriage, can I encourage you? I'm sure your vision is for a long-lasting, strong marriage, but just perhaps talk about it. What are the things close to us? You've probably already got invisible things happening, things that you already honor and uphold, but actually maybe just talk about it. Write some things down and go, yeah, that's it. Steal some of ours. We've stolen some others. Lots of them. And so, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. But take them and make them your own. Because what we are wanting to see this year and in this month is we want to see relationships strengthened and relationships be better than ever before. Isn't that a great thing for a church to do? And so I'm just going to finish with this. Um, I think this is overarching all relationships. Uh, and the overarching key that we need to make sure that we, we add in 
is, um, and I'm going to read just Ephesians 5. If uh, Morgan, you can stick that up, that'd be fantastic. It says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And it goes into then going saying, serve one another. It then goes into saying, submit, wife, submit to your husband. It then goes on to saying, uh, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. But it all flows out of being filled with the Spirit. Actually, if we try to give out of an emptiness, it's really difficult to serve and love one another. But actually, if we're filled with God's Spirit, we can actually do relationships out of an overflow. I can love Sham out of an overflow. But all too often, we're actually in relationships, running dry in our spirit and wondering why it's rubbing up. It's not going so well. And that's why we kicked off this year to say, come on, wake up our spirits. Wake up our spirits. It's not just so we can have better worship on a Sunday morning, but it's actually so every relationship can function at a greater and a deeper level because it's out of the flow of the Spirit we learn to serve one another. It's out of the flow of the Spirit we learn to love like Christ actually wants us to love people. And so it's just so important. Instead, love one another. And I just want to say this in the Passion Translation. It says this in James 4. It says, Does the Scripture mean nothing to you that says, The Spirit that God breathed into our hearts. Everyone put their hand on their hearts. The Spirit that's in you is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. It's more and more of you. I just love that. The Spirit of God that God has placed, has breathed into you, wants more and more of you. There's a tank of the Spirit in you. Is it full or is it empty? Is it neglected or is it overflowing? Because church, if we want to see marriages strong, if we want to see our relationships go to a new level, if you're in friendships, then it own, the only way we can do that is not just act harder, not try harder. No, no, no. It's getting in His presence. It's stirring your spirits up. It's being full here. And it's as we do that, we see our marriages go to a new level. And the beauty of that is when you're in that presence, it's through the Holy Spirit that convicts you to actually say sorry when you have a disagreement. That's it's, it. It's through the Holy Spirit that convicts you and gives a word of, you, you need to go and invest into this relationship. You need to set time aside and intentionally pray into this. You need to do this. I think that it's in that constant work of being led by the Holy Spirit that makes us feel full that we are then able to go out and overflow into others. That's it. How about we just stand 